Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. All right, thank you for joining us today in this episode of Walk With Me. I am your host, JJ. And yes, you if you happen to have uh, been looking for the podcast the last couple of weeks, no, there wasn't anything. I didn't get canceled. I had family come in, and they kind of turned the studio into... Well, the studio was actually there, the bedroom. So we kind of had to tear the studio down and so that these kids would have some place to sleep. But we are back. And we are going to continue our uh, journey through the Bible. And again, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for our sponsors, Exquisite Creations and True Bars. And if you notice, the sound quality has just picked up tremendously. I, I can't believe what you know the difference of mic would make. But thank you so much for that. Thank you for you guys liking and sharing or listening to this podcast. You can listen to any other podcast. Thank you so much. I can't um, say enough. I also thank you, God, for just having this opportunity. Now we were when we took before we took our impromptu unscheduled break. No, it wasn't canceled yet. Um, but before we took our break, we were talking about the Holy Ghost. We were talking a lot about the Holy Ghost and how do people know they have it? And why is it? You know, why do we talk about it so much? Today we're going to go into the real reason behind the Holy Ghost. I mean, we talked about people who got it, um, people, how, how important it is, but now we're going to talk about the why. And the why is important. The why is tantamount. And it's just not just because one verse in John 3 and 3 and 3 and 5 say you have to be born again. There's something that the Holy Ghost is there for. All right, so because there's a power in receiving the Holy Ghost. And I'm not just talking, if you're like me, you, you're, I'm into anime. It's not like you get to shoot fireballs out of fingertips or, or something like that. It's this power that the Holy Ghost has. It's a very unique power. Um, and it's a enduring power. So what is that power? See, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know, gives us the same sort of power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, the body of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that if you get the Holy Ghost and somebody runs out and hits you in the car or runs you over the train or shoots you in the head or something like that, you're going to rise up again. That's not what we're talking about. In fact, according to Romans 8 and 11, you have to have the Spirit of Christ to be resurrected on the last day. That's the type of resurrection that we're talking about. We're talking about when Jesus comes back and you know, when we're talking about the rapture, uh, we're going to talk about Romans 8 and 11. But if you this is your first time or third time or ninth time, or what if it's any other time, you're probably going to quote this script, this uh, this here thing that we have. It's one of the things of the Walker Credo. I'm going to go ahead and call it the Walker Creed um, because this is Walk With Me. I'm JJ, and now we're all walkers. So a Walker Creed is when we talk about a verse of scripture we're going to always read the verse or two above uh, verse or two below but preferably the whole chapter why because context is key so we're going to go to Romans 8 and 11 
But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Again, we're talking about the the spirit, the Holy Spirit giving you a life, a life that you don't have. Even though you are alive right now and I'm alive right now, there's another entirely different level of living when the Holy Ghost comes in you, when, when you receive the Holy Ghost. And it's not just saying, hey, wake up one day, I got the Holy Ghost. We talked about some of the signs and the, in the, um, the clues that you may or may not have the Holy Ghost in the last episode. So you might want to go back and listen to that. But this is why we get it. Romans 8 and 9, for you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. But in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, you guys have heard me talk about this verse, Romans 8 and 9, that people use this as a form of salvation or a plan of salvation. This is only part of it. You got to get the Holy Ghost like they did in Acts chapter 2 and chapter 19. All throughout the book of Acts, they all got the Holy Ghost with certain things and it was an evidence that they all possessed and they all exhibited once they got it. You just don't say, hey, I got the spirit of Christ and then you go on about your day. That's not how it works. 1 Corinthians 15, 51-53. Now here's where we finally talk about what type of resurrection we're talking about. Behold, I show you a mystery. We won't all sleep, but we'll all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now we're not, again, we're not talking about, you know, you suddenly being able to have bullets bounce off. This is, this is a change from what you and I can see right now, you and I feel right now. Imagine, imagine when Jesus comes back and you're not having arthritis anymore. Imagine when Jesus comes back and you're not having asthma anymore. Imagine when Jesus comes back and your vision is 2020. You're not underweight. You're not overweight. You don't have high blood pressure. This is the kind of this is the kind of thing that the Holy Ghost will do to people who are alive. Now, people who are not alive, the Bible talks about when we sleep. We, you know, those who are sleeping or dead, but being resurrected with that full perfection again. Your, you know, your knees aren't hurting. Your, your eyes are great. And, you know, everything is like it was at the prime of your existence, but better. And now, what other kind of powers are we talking about? Now, see, this spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, gives the believer tremendous power to witness for the Lord. In other words, sometimes. Um, you having the Holy Ghost will actually help you be able to speak to somebody who needs to get the Holy Ghost. Now, and without the Holy Ghost, you know, the disciples would have been powerless in the hostile world they lived in. Please understand. Please understand. 
when the disciples were alive, right after Jesus died, they were wanted men. They were considered enemies of the state. They were hunted. And no matter how many times they quote-unquote got in trouble, it was the spirit that got them out of trouble. And just the same thing with you and I today. And, you know, you hear a lot of talk about how, you know, it's going to be harder and harder very soon to live for God uh, and stuff like that. These things will happen. That spirit of God will help you get out of a lot of trouble that you will find yourself in. Romans 1, I'm sorry, Acts 1 and 8. Jesus said, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now we're, we're talking about being able to talk about Jesus. Now I'm not saying you got to run out there in sackcloth and ashes and your eyes wide open and you haven't combed to cut your hair in three years. You run out there talking about repentance and uh, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you smell like you haven't bathed in six months. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is sometimes you ever saw someone going through it and you didn't know what to say to them? You ever saw someone, if someone has come to you and you can tell that they're carrying a heavy burden, but they don't know how to get it out and you don't know how to bring it out so, you, so God can address it? Well, that's what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost can see all the way through their walls, all the way through their shields, all the way through their fake smiles, all the way through their fake, their phony good times down into their heart. It can help speak to people in that way that they need to be spoken to. Because remember, people who come to God come because God calls them. Not because they just woke up one day out of their own volition and said, I want to be saved. God calls them. God has probably called that person for many times. So when that person comes to you, you got the Holy Ghost, you're saying stuff you may not even fully understand, but that's because it's God speaking through you to them. And this makes it makes a little more sense when you consider that the Bible is not just a product of human thinking and ability. Peter 1 and 20, or 2 Peter 1 and 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake that they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This is that this is exemplifying the power that the Holy Ghost had. Now, and that's just the outward from what we call the P2P sort of manifestation, the person-to-person manifestation. And and since it required you know inspiration of the Spirit to write the scripture. It also requires the inspiration of the Spirit to understand God's Word fully. You, you, there are so many people out here with these weird doctrines. And it's because either A, they've, they've gotten a little touch of the Holy Ghost one time when they were praying. And they really felt like they had the full manifestation of the Spirit. Or they, um, you know, was with someone who was really, really, really really living for God fully but they didn't understand what that person was going through and they kind of created a doctrine on that or they just they just wanted to create the idea of living for God 
And they wanted to create the idea of a new doctrine, but they didn't really understand how the Bible works. And it's like I, I tell people all the time about my friend, uh, his name was Andrew, I believe it was, that used to come to me at telemarket. I'm sorry, his name, his name was Keith. That's what it was. His name was Keith. He came to me at item of telemarketing in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. They call it Riley, Kansas now. And the guy brought me 400, well, 4,400 contradictions. Well, if you have the Holy Ghost, you'll understand that these are not contradictions at all. And it was kind of weird because he brought it to me. I just prayed through and uh, he brought it to me and I sat down like, oh my God. And so I went through them. I said, just go through them. Just go through them. We'll, we'll talk. Just go through them. And the more you went through, the more you realized these were, these contradictions were taken out of context. That's what made them contradictory. Now, Jesus promised that the Spirit would help you get through some of these uh, issues that people have with the Word of God. John 14 and 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. This is why he said that. Because they there were, there were things that was in the law that disciples didn't understand, teachers were misteaching, and you had different sections. Back in that time, you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and one of them believed in the resurrection, the other one didn't. And you had all these people with all these different viewpoints of the Word of God, but he was saying, when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll understand everything. And that's one of the big cues that you will have the Holy Ghost. Now, that does not mean Walkers and the walkers, you fellow walkers, I'm gonna tell you right now. It does not mean that as soon as you get the Holy Ghost, you're gonna instantly know everything about the Bible. No, 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 no. That's where that's also a false doctrine. I don't know where that came from, but you still have to learn it just the same way you sat in class and had to learn uh, how to do math and, and how to read and all that stuff. The same thing you did in the physical, you still have to do in the spiritual. However, with the Holy Ghost, you're going to be able to learn it a lot easier. Now, the Spirit also shows you things to come. John 16 and 13, albeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall speak of himself, for whatsoever he shall hear, and that shall he speak. He will show you all well, he will show you things to come. Now, there are some debate on this. And I can tell you from personal experience that sometimes I'm not paying attention to what God is trying to show me. But it doesn't mean that God is not going to tell me, hey, I tried to show you that. Sometimes people are really tuned in and pressed in to God. And they will, they will literally be able to see things to come and I'm not talking about like on some Miss Cleo kind of nonsense I mean literal like you know don't go this way go that way or hey if you say this to your son you're going to ruin their chances of living for me or you're going to damage their chances of living for me or you know if you say this thing to your wife this could lead to you guys splitting up you say this to your husband this could lead to you guys splitting up 
that kind of thing that the Holy Ghost will quickly. Sometimes we don't even understand it when it happens. And I'll never forget one time we were we were, we were having a <clears throat> lively discussion, and uh, and we were sitting there, and, and all of a sudden God just shut me up, and I couldn't talk for nothing. And I'm not because I really wanted to talk. Suddenly I I literally didn't want to say anything. My mind went completely blank. And, and, you know, come to find out later on, later on, that I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong. In my viewpoint, I was completely wrong in the, the, the position I had taken. I was completely wrong. And God shut me up because if I continued it, I could have damaged the relationship my wife and I had. Now, that's not only thing the Spirit Here's the most important thing that, in my opinion, that uh, two more things that the Spirit of God does. It gives you a sense of righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, when I say a sense of righteousness, we're not just talking about being holier than thou. We got enough of that. We had enough of that before the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and all of them, they had the most holier than thou attitudes ever. But by, by a sense of righteousness, we're talking about being able to distinguish right and wrong and cut through the kind of uh, deception that the enemy will give us. Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And 1 Peter 1 and 8, For whom you having not seen you love, in whom though you now see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's that peace and joy part. We have the righteousness, we have peace and joy, and then we have peace and joy is what Peter was talking about. Having peace and based on the things that are going on in this world right now is absolutely critical. Because if you listen to the news all the time, you will get depressed. You listen to some of the stuff people are talking about, they will absolutely steal your joy. You could be in a decent relationship, not great, not perfect, because no one's perfect. You could be in a good, well, a decent relationship, and then some miserable person will come along and steal your joy and tell you that you need to leave that person because they ain't doing this or they not doing that. When instead of praying about it, or speaking the word of God about it, that, and that's where your joy would be. You go and you listen to these people, and next thing you know, you're the one that's sitting out there miserable. And chances are, and there's a good chance that that person was seeking, was trying to get at your other half to begin with. I mean, tell me I'm not. Tell me I'm lying. Just tell me I'm lying, and I'll stop. But I've seen it happen. But the joy of the Lord is not just walking around with some beautific smile. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You are going to go through stuff. You are going to go through challenges. You are going to go through trials. You are going to go through body aches and pain. That's not, that's not saying you don't have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is knowing that if you are living right and you're doing everything that you're supposed to do, that God is going to bring you through that and going to bring you through at a better position where we started, either in a closer relationship with him, a better financial situation, a better physical situation, that's what the joy of the Lord is about, 
But biggest thing, biggest thing I think above all of that, even above the whole aborting of sin, the Spirit gives off the imparts the love of God to you. Again, having the baptism of the Holy Ghost is like being baptized in the love of God. Like it, it is a love that we can't really uh, talk about in a you know in a encapsulated sort of way. I don't even think we really, as a species, has even invented the words to truly express what that love is. We're talking about God Himself, and, and as it you know as it fills your soul and stuff like that. I know it sounds absurd, I know, but you can tell if you've ever been with someone, and I mean in close proximity to someone who's actually had the Holy Ghost, you can tell, you can immediately tell the difference between them and those who are faking it. In uh, Revelation 22 and 17, it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Now, I know that sort of didn't seem like I was talking about the same thing. But that's exactly what the love of God is. Come. Come and, and partake of this joy. Come and partake of this happiness. That person who has the Holy Ghost wants you to be just as happy as they are. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about some sort of Jim Jones sort of drink the Kool-Aid and fly off with the rest of us kind of thing. I'm talking about realistic joy, realistic love, realistic hate. You know what? You are not, you're going through this thing. I went through something like that, but God brought me out. So understand that there's a reason for having the Holy Ghost. There is an absolute reason behind it. There's a lot of, and I just scratched the surface. I just scratched the surface on, you know, the things that, you know, the Holy Ghost would do for you. The Holy Ghost will provide for you, and and will even help you change who, who you are in order to um, better accommodate the Spirit. And that's the key. That's the key point. All right. God bless you all. I know I'm out of time. It's been so good having you guys. See you on the next one. I listen. If you like this um, podcast, thank you for sharing it. Thank you for liking. It. Thank you for comment. If you have any questions or anything, go ahead and give us an email. Walk with me Bible study at gmail.com. Walk with me Bible study at gmail.com. Love y'all. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread a little words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason.